This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. What is up, y'all? It is another... I almost said the wrong cast again because my brain is not screwed together, but welcome to Hawk's Eye Guns. It has been a trying few weeks, Rory. We can get you that. <laughs> it's a little... I, I'd actually be more worried about you if you if your head was on straight. Yeah, it was just perfectly normal. <laughs> you know, I had a, a fantastic experience yesterday. My sister-in-law came to watch my wife. Actually, she took her and all the girls out to do their nails and all that kind of thing. And do kind of a day thing, so uh, you know, because Shannon can't drive yet, she hasn't been cleared to work, she hasn't, she really can't do a whole lot by herself. Um, so she took them all to uh, to do the girls' day, which left me with some time. I immediately called my father and my brother and my sister-in-law and said, "Hey, let's go out to the ranch and blow some stuff up." We went out there, and between us all, we must have gone through about six hundred rounds of. 12 and 20 gauge uh sounds like a good day it was a fantastic day uh, i went through five and a half boxes of clays i think i mean a lot a lot there were two car batteries blew through both of those i mean just unloaded a whole bunch of percussion therapy i have two things to report one i absolutely love the way my 20 gauge 870 project came out uh, it is exactly the gun I wanted to design, and it's it's just a, a dream to shoot. And the other thing is, along with me, I drug a because uh, I wanted to have both 20 and 12 gauge with me because I took 300 you, rounds of each. You, you know, and I'm gonna be a complete prick here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When money gets tight, if you're willing to cut that that a 20 gauge down to 18 um, 18 inches. I might buy it off. <laughs> uh, hopefully money doesn't get that tight. As I said, I know I was being a prick. Don't mind me. Go ahead. <laughs> hopefully money doesn't get that tight. It may, but God knows it may. Brain surgery is not inexpensive. I haven't even seen the bill for it yet. Um, my guess is they're still trying to figure it. As I said, I was being a prick. <laughs> It is a beautiful gun. Uh, it cycles lovely. It's just a dream to shoot now. Um, it's as good as any Wingmaster they've ever built, and it looks, uh, in my personal opinion, it's prettier. Uh, well, but I, look, I, I will say that what you did with it, having seen the pictures, is beautiful. Thank you. It turned out very, very well, both inside and out. It is, it is exceedingly well worked in at this point. And uh, even from the time where I, I enjoy it, you can look on some other cast to see what I did to it and see the pictures on the website. It is It turned out gorgeous. But I, I took like four or five guns with me because my sister-in-law was coming and my brother was coming, and I didn't know exactly what they wanted to shoot. My brother and sister have their guns. But a lot of times they they're in the same position that you and I are always in. Like they don't. But with shotguns, they just don't know what they like shooting and what they shoot well or why that is yet or anything like that. Um, they got it nailed down with pistols pretty well. Shotguns not so much. So I brought a selection for them, and it's so stupid. What I keep going back to in the 12 gauge is that stupid Stoger I got a month or two ago. <laughs> 
<laughs> the P3000. And it's it's dumb. It's camouflage, and it's simple, and it's just dirt cheap, and it's a tank. It is a literal tank, and I just love shooting it. I know it's stupid, and it's like the poverty tier pump action stuff. Uh, I think you can get that one for like three hundred bucks, three twenty, something like that, uh, from any major sporting goods store. And I just love shooting it. I don't know why it is. Maybe it's because it was cheap. Maybe I got such a good deal on it. Maybe it's just because I don't care about it. I don't know. I just really like shooting. <laughs> At least with clays and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know how it even really performs uh, with with hunting because I haven't done hunting with it. I've just I've put about I don't know six hundred rounds through it now. Well, I mean, if it's going to perform with clays, why wouldn't it perform with hunting? Well, with birds or upland game, it's it's exactly the same because it's exactly the same kind of shot. Uh, with with like. Um, deer or something like like buckshot oh, like so you haven't you haven't put anything heavy for it is what you're no i have not i mean i may have run around in fact i think i did run around or a slug or two through through it buckshot it's not bad but i i really haven't tried to hit anything with larger larger loads through it so but with anything you know any of the birdshot stuff it's just great I mean, it's it's easy to swing. It's easy to deal with. It's it is the most easily cleaned shotgun I own. I can honestly say that it is easier to clean than any other gun I own. Period. Uh, I just like it, and I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just because it's cheap and simple and sturdy, and I I really appreciate that. Um, it's a it's a tool that does its job. Yeah, I mean, it just is. Uh, it's super fun. But uh, that's that's what I did yesterday, and it made me feel normal, you know. Sometimes just normal is excellent. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's like a, a little sample of normalcy, and I have significantly more room in my ammunition bags than I used to. Uh, th- because I've been sitting on all this ammunition for several weeks. Uh, well, the, the other thing is, is that when everything in life has gotten complicated, boiling it down, boiling everything down to something very, very simple can sometimes be very, very relaxing. Yeah, track the clay, pull the trigger, hit the clay. <laughs> track the clay. Yeah, <laughs> hit the clay. Track the clay, swear, <laughs> miss the clay. <laughs> That's usually the way around. You Blame it on your father. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Why were you standing over there? <laughs> right. away from you. Exactly. <laughs> oh, did you see that? The wind took it. I, it's, I don't know what happened there. I think, no, no, no. I think a chip fell off of it. You know, yeah. There was a lot of that. Uh, I just, I didn't even care how I shot. I just wanted to be out and, and shooting and being out in the sunshine and, and cause here, uh, I don't know how the weather is in Delaware, uh, but it was 65 <laughs> degrees, <laughs> sunny, beautiful. It depends on the day that you ask. Cause we have gone from 65 degrees and sunny to four. Oh, wow. And back again in matters of days. Right. No. My friend Stargate Pioneer, while I was shooting this weekend, he was literally ice fishing, ice fishing in Minnesota. 
And we're trading, as Saturday went by, we're trading pictures back and forth of what we were both doing. And, you know, he's drilling holes in the ice. I'm setting up a thrower. Um, we're cracking open sodas. He's trying to keep everything from freezing. Uh, now, he seemed to be having a great time. Personally, I, I think I was on the better end of that one. It's been 20-some years, but I have been ice fishing before. It can be entertaining with the right company. <laughs> that I don't doubt. I don't doubt that it's I mean, a great... I know I mean, so little about fishing, much less ice think, fishing. Think about it, because this is generally the type of crew that you're going to get ice fishing. Think about being in a hut with the entire cast of Letterkenny. That would be entertaining. Exactly. That would be entertaining. Because those are the types of people you're going to go ice fishing with. <laughs> Honestly, everybody's got their thing, which is why they make all these types of outdoor gear and everything and, and why they make uh, different types of shotguns. Although I took the most basic tool, camouflaged though it may be, and I just enjoy the crap out of it. I have no idea. I shouldn't like it. I, I don't know why I do. It's just fun, and I don't have to worry about it, and I just take it out and beat the living tar out of it, and it just keeps coming back, and it's indestructible, and I love it to death. I I normally hate Stokers. <laughs> I've had horrible luck with both their over and unders and their automatics. This thing's just awesome, though. I don't know what it is about their, their, pump, uh, their pump gun, the P3000, but it's just great. For, for what it is, it's just fantastic. I would highly recommend that one for anyone who is in the market for it. I'll keep it in mind. Because a friend of mine, it will, we have actually two emails. I don't know if you got those. I sent them I to did. you earlier this week. Three, actually, because I, I just got one, as it turns out, uh, not 15 minutes ago, before after we started this cast, as a matter of fact. Let me just read this one. I haven't sent it to you yet, so I'll just read it right now. Uh, this one's from my buddy Steve-O. Uh, who listens to other casts, and Steve-O writes, he goes, Hey, dude, I was wondering, uh, as it was just after Christmas, when the new guns and anything new was going to be coming out. And this is an interesting question, because... Well, it should all start being at least introduced in the next few weeks, right? Yeah, well, you'll get an idea of what's coming out, but here's how that generally works, right? If you've ever been like, I used to be able to go to shot show all the time back in my toolmonger days, which was a long time ago. But, um, for those of you who don't know, I used to run a blog called toolmonger, uh, with, uh, with another guy who we were the co-founders of it. And it was the largest tool and first tool blog on the net. And we would go to all these big conferences as press shot show amongst them. See, uh, I still think that you and I should go. I totally think we should go. A, However, as much, as much as there's, you know, for another cast, another expose that happens in New Jersey here that I keep trying to get you to come. East yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we'd actually be more welcome to that one. I, actually, I think we'd have a tour guide for that one. Oh, probably. Probably several, actually. But. Uh, SHOT Show is where the industry kind of starts their year and tells you all about their stuff. But they may not even get it into production that year. They'll tell you, oh, it's coming quarter two, quarter three of this year. That means it's coming next year. <laughs> okay? That's what that means. <laughs> they yeah, tell you quarter I, three, quarter four of this year, it's coming next year. Yeah, I have found that unless they tell you it's in production now. Yeah. Yeah, we're shipping in a week or two. Then you're going to get it, okay? It will happen this year. But as far as new, like 
what do you got that's new that's going to blow my doors off? If you see it at SHOT Show, and uh, and I actually think SHOT Show happens tomorrow uh, is, is when, when it starts. starts. Um, see, m- m- most of my favorite um, firearm YouTubers have been demonetized and disappeared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Uh, and yet Arrogant Guy on YouTube is still... Still going strong. I have to admit, I do find him entertaining, though. It's it's entertaining. I just disagree with almost everything that comes out of his damn mouth. It's like, oh, damn oh, it. Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, it's still entertaining. You know the thing that really irritates me? It really irritates me. He likes the Beretta Cheetah. And it's <laughs> really irritating. Well, hey, we all know that the moment you, if you've got somebody in this world that you disagree with and you get to, like, it's it comes up being a point of pride that you disagree with them. The moment you find something you agree with, it's kind of like, shit, damn it. <laughs> it's like having to admit that your mother was right about something. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, but yeah. Uh, so when whenever you see you're going to see a lot of stuff happen on SHOT Show in the next week and then uh, the next couple of weeks everybody's going to start releasing content that you're going to see on YouTube and other places for that including us uh, for all of the new things that are coming out now now there there is a positive to this which is that if you saw something at SHOT Show over the past couple of years that really got you excited it's within the realm of human possibility that that may be going into production yeah if you saw it last year you may be able to get your hands on it this year (laughs) High point, we're talking to you. Yeah, where's my yeet cannon? <laughs> and I don't want a 10 millimeter one, <laughs> just so we're all clear. And I don't want you to take the old model and just print yeet cannon on the side of it. No, I don't no, no. want the one that you told me I could have. It's It's been a little bit. There's a lot that's going to happen. Uh, there's a lot of new systems that, that are going to be coming in. Uh, but what's going to happen, to your point, Steve-O, is the, unless, you, unless they say in the video, you, like the rep looks into the camera and goes, we're finishing up, it should be shipping in a week. You know, like if they use those, like it should be shipping at the end of this month. You know, those kind of sentences, you're going to see one in a couple of months show up to your local store, if that is indeed something that shows up to your area. If they start talking about quarters, just go ahead and say next year. Oh, Q3 of this year. That's that's our good estimation right now. It's 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 going to be 2024. Just just go ahead, especially with all the supply chain issues that everybody has now with steel and uh, you know, like raw materials and all that. Yeah, well, there, there there's wrong. actually is now that I'm thinking off the top of my head a good barometer for whether or not you can see so whether or not something's going to be in production or not if it's something they showed you on the floor of the actual um, convention you're probably right you're not getting it till next year yeah. however if you saw them showing it to you on range day yeah you might get one yeah you might be able to get one because uh, on range day that means not only do they have them out of prototype because if you see it on the floor it's prototype okay yeah. it don't have a serial number it's prototype it starts with a p all right that's what its serial number starts with 
Uh, and they're not a hundred percent sure if you pull the trigger on it whether or not it's going to hold together. Yeah, exactly. It may not. It it probably doesn't have any guts. You know, like, it, like there's not like you, especially if they've got it like in a glass case and all you can do is well, look at it. It, it doesn't it have m- any internals. It might have a trigger on it, but you probably don't. <laughs> it, you probably don't have the finalized grip, and I promise you, it doesn't have a firing pin yet. Right. You know. So yeah, if you can't touch it, it's. It's just basically been 3D printed. If they'll touch it, but it's not at range day, that's 2024. If it's at range day, they probably have enough. They might ship. That's actually probably a good, a better uh, realistic timeline, uh, which is why Jake and I are so excited because the Yeet Cannon may, in fact, happen this year. <laughs> And it's, it's really funny. I mean, I know you sent me a couple of videos. I sent you a couple of videos. But it's really, really funny how the high points are really getting talked up recently. You know, a lot of people like them. I mean, they're it, ugly. Well, they're cheap. But but but, and, and, but you keep hearing the same thing everywhere. This is the ugliest, most inconvenient firearm I have ever had. But it is cheap, and it works. And I like Yeah, exactly. It's cheap. It works. It's It's... And this is the part that nobody likes. Like, everyone hates this sentence, but I've heard it several times. It's ugly, it's cheap, but it's reliable. And these three words just just, just hackles rays everywhere. It's like a Glock. Because they can't well, get them to misfire. They can't get them to break. They can't get them to do anything. They just kind of work. Well, what they're comparing it to is is when the Glock first came out. It's yeah. not the same thing now as it was when it first came out. Nowadays, because they're in demand, they're expensive. Yeah. When they first came out, it was no different than High Point. They were a cheap plastic gun. Yeah, combat Tupperware. Absolutely. Exactly. And and everyone was pretty happy to see it. They were like, oh, man, this will be cool. I, I can do this, and for half the price of a metal-framed firearm... I can get this done, and it's super reliable because that's what everybody was worried about, right? In the in the 70s and 80s, everybody was worried about, is this reliable? Well, you had to go with somebody like Smith & Wesson, who is, in my personal opinion, largely overrated uh, in today's marketplace. Uh, they're they're trading well, on their name for their revolvers, not their newer things. But well, they're they're semi-automatic polymer fire uh, striker fired firearms are not as good as they claim that they are. Honestly, and this is just my personal thing, which means we will never get a sponsorship. I'm about to throw away a future sponsorship from Smith & Wesson. I'm sure of it. Shit. Breda and Sig is the people who should be sponsoring us. Oh, my gosh. We talk about them enough. But honestly, if it was a choice between a Smith & Wesson and a Taurus, I'd take the Taurus. Well, I, see, the worst part about it is, is I think you're going to get similar quality out of the Taurus that you're going to get out of the Smith & Wesson. It's just going to cost you $200 less. That's what I'm saying. Like, the Taurus is every bit as reliable. It, I have one. It eats everything, any kind of ammunition, <laughs> as long as it is the right caliber, as you have specifically and, and said. Though, and though I wouldn't have said this about the G2C, and I definitely wouldn't have said it about the PT-111, the G3s, I think actually have a better trigger than the Smiths do. Um, I like it. I really do. I mean, it's got a great trigger. Not the best. It's not a SIG trigger, and it's definitely not that HK. Okay? <laughs> but, but it's got a... No, that's got to be the HK. Man, that's a nice trigger. I'm uh, still the, trying the, to get the, that back from Buona. The closest um, you're going to come to that is the is the Walters. 
Yeah, I mean, they, it's it's got a great trigger. It's unbelievably rugged. It's very reliable, and it's inexpensive. What the hell else do you need if you're looking for something just to protect yourself or protect the house or have a nightstand gun? It's perfect for that. It, it really is. I, I'm I'm a big fan. Have you, um, perchance, speaking of new things that I hadn't seen before, have you seen the, the Zenk Bullpup Pistol? Uh, it, yeah, it's just a little twenty two. This one's a three fifty seven, I thought. Oh, wait, wait, which one are we talking about? Because the one you sent me, which I had seen before, was a twenty two Magnum. Oh, oh, I I thought that was a three fifty seven. Yeah, there's a zinc. Hey Maybe that's the bottle. Or what bottle are you up to today? Maybe it's the well, bottle. Well, today is my day off, off, and I am going to. Uh, do, 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 do. Now, I, I have seen semi-automatic bullpups, and I've never really been all that excited by them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not a, um exciting concept with, with that. But this is a, a um, I think it's a, a three fifty seven bullpup revolver. Oh, I thought it was a twenty two Magnum. Uh, you, well, no, I, well, maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, why would they call it Zinc Dot Three Fifty Seven Bullpup Revolver if it's a twenty-two? That is the worst I, name ever. If that's ex- I, you know what? Exactly. You know what? I don't know. All I know is I looked at it and went, quite frankly, if I was going to have a screwy revolver, I'd go over to the Kiapo Rhinos because at least they're going to be more pleasant to shoot. Honestly, I I would. Pre- oh no, yeah, no. It's uh, Zinc makes a twenty-two, but they're also coming out. With okay. a 357 bullpup revolver. Now, the cylinder is encapsulated in kind of a, a, a box or something like that, but it is. It's not like a, you're going to get powder burns all over your wrists. Clearly. However, <laughs> it is a bullpup revolver. It's the weirdest looking thing. Um, I saw that the other day. Do, I saw, do, you know what, do you know what I thought of when I saw that? I thought it was something you'd have seen in the corner of Cube or Engine James Bond. James Bond <laughs> James Bond would have picked it up, just looked at it and gone, Why? Put it down and moved on. Well, he didn't like the the Walther PPK either. He'd have preferred the Beretta. Which is a man of good taste, you know. Uh Who? Bond. Which Bond? If you go back oh shame on you. When he was first handed the Walther PPK. He was using a Beretta 380. You can go back and watch the movies. Hold on here. I will Later, find okay, the movie we, for you. Now, okay. Were we are we talking about going all the way back to Sean Connery? Yes. Okay. No. 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 Uh, never mind. I was thinking Daniel Craig. Okay, oh. <laughs> I. I uh, <laughs> I have one major thing when I think of Sean Connery as James Bond, and it's just, it's just never going to change. It's going to be him slapping a woman on the ass going, go away, man talk. <laughs> That's just weird. Um, yeah, uh, bro, I think he carried a Beretta 418. Makes sense. Yeah, uh, the, there, was, there was a... Okay, 1964 Bond trivia... Uh, let's see here. Let's see if I can find this sucker. Uh, find Beretta. Uh, okay. Was that the only mention of the damn thing? Hold on. Uh, see, I was waiting to find out that this was kind of like, uh, the, the thing that he carried. That one guy who played Gabond once in His Majesty's Secret Service had one or something like that. <laughs> uh, and I was about to kind of do a, please. 
Uh, let's see here. 1964 Goldfinger, the armor known as Q. Um, it's, uh, stars Jeffrey. Yeah, okay. Complaining about Bond's use of his Beretta in the early Bond books, recommending Bond use a Walther PPK instead. And he, he palms the Beretta and tries to take it with him, and they make him leave it uh, for the PPK. So, Is that in the books or in the movie? In the movie. Okay. It's been a long time since I read the Bond books and only got like a couple in. I did Casino Royale and Doctor No, and that was about it. Yeah, he was a huge, uh, he was a huge Bentley fan in the in the books. Uh, he didn't uh, he didn't always go for the Aston Martin, but look, I, I back then I'd have gone for the Aston Martin. Uh, <laughs> no, I'd still go for the Aston Martin. Well, the DB5 is not exactly what you'd call modern uh no i'm talking about uh, no i'm talking end of uh italian job uh handsome rob aston martin (laughs) yeah see the db9 db10 db11 something like that yes absolutely the db9 is possibly one of the most beautiful cars ever built as far as i'm concerned Uh, okay now okay i here on call talk uh (laughs) if we're talking about that age of of uh of uh, of antique car, I unfortunately am going to bypass the British vehicles altogether and probably go for a Porsche 356. You know, I understand the 356. I do. I, I understand it because it was the bridge between Volkswagen and, you know, the Beetle and something that they thought you know, Ferdinand and his son thought, okay, let's do this. Like, we've built the people's car. Let's build something that's actually interesting. And I I understand the 356. But if you're going to do Porsches, I, my heart's in, like, the 70s and 80s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. You know, like, the, the greatest Porsche ever... <laughs> All right, and I'm going to get I, myself in huge I, I, trouble. No, no, no. I have a problem with the ones of that age because that's when you start getting to the 911s. Yeah, see, and I don't even like a 911. I don't like none of the Porsches that I like are 911s. Uh, like my favorite Porsche is probably a. Um, my favorite Porsche is a 917. To be quite honest. Uh, Wait, Okay, I'm going to feel like an asshole, because I'm thinking of the 914. Which one was the 917? The 917 was the one that was purpose-built to compete in the 5-liter category at Le Mans. Oh, okay. I know which one you mean now. I'm thinking of the 914, because I uh, knew a guy years and years ago who pulled out the center engine on a 914 and put a V8 Cadillac engine in the (laughs) center. It, it it was so big compared to the car that it actually took up the passenger seat as well. <laughs> um, needless to say, they uh, the car moved. I <laughs> uh, see. I have I have a nostalgic thing when it comes to three fifty six though. I actually technically will be bequeath, be bequeathed the three fifty six at some point in life. Unfortunately, it's in a million pieces. I was going to say no. You will, you will not be bequeathed the three fifty six. You will be. Bequeathed a 356 model assembly kit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I will relish the time because I will spend my summers up there helping you build it. Because um, <laughs> shit, yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> well, look, then, then the best way to put it is, is I follow instructions well. I can handle tools well. I just don't know what I'm doing. Oh man, I love building cars. I used to, I used to do that all the time. I had a nine four four that I kept running for a former uh, co-host of mine, and I like. I loved them. Hey, I had a 928 I drove around for the longest time. It was primer gray, uh, considering the fact that it hadn't been finished being painted yet. And I can swear I thought of myself as being in risky business. 928 is probably my second favorite Porsche. I know they're terrible in every way. And I learned to drive on a 944 Turbo. Oh man! See, yeah, the the 944 that that I got my hands on was a 944 S2, and it wasn't even mine. But I was responsible for making it go, so <laughs> uh, that's what I did, and it was it was fantastic and terrible, and you know, like most Porsches are, they're fantastic and terrible. And it was uh, much like. Glocks, they're fantastic and terrible. They're okay. Why why don't you? Good segue. And we have an email on this one. I think you should go ahead and read it. Oh, we do have an email on this one, doesn't it? Okay, so uh, Kevin writes, uh, Hi, guys. Hope all is going well. I figured I'd write in again and uh, give my thoughts on, in quotes, Glock perfection. Because <laughs> <laughs> what's that's, that's what we were talking about. Recently, I got a Glock 21. And I can say that Glocks are definitely not perfect. The stock sights and trigger are not good. That's something I'm an understatement, sir. Uh, You have to lie to yourself and say those are perfection, in quotes. However, they are reliable, and the aftermarket for them is really nice. My favorite part of my Glock 21 has got to be that it can take 30-round magazine from the Chris Vector. Uh, So in summary, Glocks are not perfect, but they are reliable, and they have access to the best Stendo glips. Kevin, I'll have to agree with you that there is nobody on the planet, or at least nobody with any sense, that can look anyone else in the eye and say that Glocks are not reliable. They are reliable. They are one of, not the, but one of the most reliable firearms as a family that exist today. Uh, As far as small arms go. And to clarify, I'm going to clarify for you too, Sean. Um, We've never said that they were bad firearms. No, no, they are excellent firearms. They they are very reliable. They are very rugged. Uh, they do their aftermarket, as Kevin has mentioned, is probably I'm going to go out on a limb and say the number one uh, most sourced aftermarket that you could find for small arms. When I was working in the store and people asked me what I meant by that, I said, you know, okay, when you go into Best Buy and you see the six aisles of stuff for an iPhone and then the end cap for things for all your Android phones put together, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, that's Glock. Versus everyone else. The only one that can even come close is AR. And that's not a brand. That's a, a, a model. A yeah, a type. Uh, and, and, and especially with the Gen 3 version of the Glocks, um, they're quickly becoming that. Because the other part I was going to throw into that is that if you really wanted to purchase and modify and personalize a firearm... 
uh, as much as I think it's an overpriced way to do it, there really isn't anything else out there with as many options. No, not really. And honestly, if you want to go back that far, my G3 <laughs> is largely a Glock clone. It's very Glocky. Uh, the Taurus is is kind of been figuring out how to do this Glock thing without doing this Glock thing, and they've pretty much figured it out. Oh, a lot okay. of people are like that. Taurus has made a industry of copying off other manufacturers. Oh, one hundred percent. Look, all of their revolvers are basically Smith and Wesson clones. One hundred percent true. I mean, they've got nineteen eleven clones. Hell, they have Beretta clones. They, they literally bought a Beretta factory to start making Beretta clones. It is what they do. And they're actually really good at it. They make a quality firearm now in some cases. Uh, it was a little rough in the 80s. You probably didn't want a Taurus back then. Uh, now, they do great. <laughs> I think the only thing that is out of the top of my head that I'm thinking of that they make that that is purely their own design that I have never can't even find a something that resembles it is the spectrum which i have i like it oh i'm not saying you shouldn't i'm just saying i think that's the only like completely totally and utterly independent design they have uh you could argue the taurus judge is close but all they did is upgun a k-frame revolver <laughs> oh i mean you've got the smith and wesson governor that's true i think the judge came out first though didn't it I don't. I, I, I maybe not. I, I 50, don't know. I'm not, yeah, fifty fifty. But uh, I have the Spectrum. I like the Spectrum. I like the G three. I like Taurus pistols just because they're an inexpensive way to get something done. When I go out to solve a problem, well, it's it's very similar to your Stoger. Yeah, they work. They work. They do. They just work. They're very reliable, and I like a cheap, reliable gun. That is. True, apparently, across all spectrums. <laughs> uh, now, with shotguns, I tend to go a little overboard in some areas. But generally speaking, I like an inexpensive, reliable gun, and that's what they are. But I, if you're a big Glock guy and you're like, man, I got it for the reliability and, and the aftermarket and all that stuff, great. It is absolutely 100% something that I don't think anybody could argue with um now if uh the, the funny part is like my g3 has a better trigger than an out of the box glocks or out of the box glock it's they kind of fixed a lot of the stuff that glock has problems with because you know how the austrians you, you, are you do it's, realize that there is a glock tart out there who j, j, just had their, yeah their head they're just they their head just exploded their, uh, their eyes popped out of the front of their head you know, they they <laughs> and and if you are said Glock person, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, Kevin, one hundred percent correct, sir. Uh, we did have a second message from our friend Ed, and uh, Ed writes, "Hey guys, so I messed up and I left out a ton of detail about my previous email. <laughs> this is my fifth Sig. I do also own a two two nine, a two two six." A 365, a 320X compact, and I bought the SP2022 because it was really, in quotes, cheap. In case my wife ever hears this. Uh, <laughs> and it's just. No, a, no, for, for his wife's sake, 
Comparatively speaking, it is. He is correct. He is correct. Comparatively speaking to that 229 and the 226 and the 365, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful deal. Uh, and it's just a target gun to have fun with and modify. So I bought it cheap. Uh, as a, and I'm using finger cordies that we all know are there. Uh, as a gun, as a used gun, absolutely refused to modify my other SIGs. I was interested in trying to eliminate as much recoil as I can to have fun with it. Thanks again and have uh, fun being awesome. Thanks uh, taking care of your fan base. If I'm ever down in Texas, I want to go skeet shooting with you guys as you have guided me towards my A300 Ultima, which I love and is my duck and goose gun. Thanks again, Ed. Let me just say a couple of things. One, Ed, thanks for writing a second time. Two, uh, the A300 Ultima is one of two automatics that I have left. It is, and I refuse to get rid of it because it is just a really solid all-around general-purpose shotgun. It is good at everything. It has a butter of a mechanism, just absolute smooth. Uh, a lot of the first ones, uh, so I've heard, had. Uh, trigger issues uh, when they when it for when the A300 Ultima first came out, uh, they had they had some trigger issues. But that's true of almost any gun. They have some kind of issues when they first come out or whatever. Uh, there's very rarely ever a gun that comes out and goes it's per well except the Glock uh, that comes out and they're like it's perfect. Um, but uh, as I understand it, Beretta's largely fixed to those. And the Ultima, I would recommend that as a gas operated 12 gauge to anybody like for starting out it is it is a wonderful gun to have uh so grats on that one man and you know what if you're ever down in texas let me know and it's it's uh it's shooting season which is about nine months of the year here uh you <laughs> you tell me all right we'll we'll go out to the ranch we'll shoot some stuff uh but uh <laughs> five other six this ed sounds more like us than Every day. How well, many I mean, six do you own? Hell, How many six do you tell your wife you have left, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a better question. Um, <coughs> uh, you, you know what? I don't quantify these things. For I don't anymore. have any clear memory of that, Senator. Um, all I know is is that I, I promise that I haven't required anything new recently since we've been paying for the kid to go to college that is a fantastically politically correct answer sir yes <laughs> all i can tell you babe is i haven't broken any promises exactly <laughs> that is that is a wonderful way to put too many uh well <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, Look, okay, we can't count this one because I don't have the whole gun, all right? I just have pieces of the gun. And this well, one is really just for backup, okay? So well, I don't well, care. You and I both embody that one where you keep seeing across, once again, different social media things where it's the voiceover of, uh, man, how did you afford so many firearms? Are you rich? And it's like, no, financially irresponsible. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is stupid. <laughs> I have no self-control. Which uh, m most of mine came from uh, store credit, uh, working for store credit, and buying at dealer cost. Oh, you're a smart, smart man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I haven't been able to do that in a while. <laughs> well, I got lucky in that the like one of my favorite things is acquiring um, one beat to crap guns that I fix up, and then once they're good, I 
I have less interest in them because they're all fixed now, so I wind up selling them. <laughs> and then uh, the second one is um, I have really gotten into pump-action shotguns, which is the almost cheapest type of shotgun. So I can get the most high-end pump-action shotgun and still spend less than an automatic. Oh, yeah. Or a double barrel or you know any of that stuff. So... That's kind of what I've been doing for the last year, year and a half. It's just like, oh, I want to try that one again. I want to try this one now. I keep forgetting that I have this over-under in my safe that I need to ship down to you to clean up and play with. (laughs) No, I'm actually being serious. I'll be happy to have it. I'll play with it, and when you come down here, I'll clean it up, and you can take it back with you. I completely forgot that I had it. (laughs) What is it? Do you remember? No, I remember you telling me me telling you what the brand was, though I cannot remember off the top of my head what it was, and you telling me that without actually putting your hands on it, you couldn't tell, but it was either something really, really cool or a complete piece of shit, and there wasn't going to be any middle ground. <laughs> it's either this or the clone of this, which is really terrible. Yeah, I think I remember something about that conversation. I don't. I don't remember the brand, and because I said because I completely it, it's it's something we kind of got like in an estate deal or something of that nature. <laughs> you know, my father ended up with with three of them, and you know, gave uh, kept one, gave one to my brother, and gave one to me, and it was just kind of like uh, your brother got the real one, you got the clone. <laughs> well, my my brother got the Beretta semi-auto. Oh. Um. And because when we were talking about it, he he already has a he already had an over under, and I already have a semi auto. So he took the semi auto, I took the over under. <laughs> which uh, which semi does he have? I don't remember the model number off of it. <laughs> shotgun or? Oh no, it's a shotgun. Yeah, yeah, semi auto shotgun. Well, that could be any number of them. Brett well, does uh, come out with a quite a line. It's it's been like a couple of years. It was before twenty twenty. That, that we acquired these. And I remember sending you pictures of them. And I remember you being impressed with the Beretta semi-auto. And I remember you looking at the um, the over-under going, okay, now, it's either really <laughs> awesome or really not. <laughs> <laughs> there's not going to be... I think I... Yeah, I do remember that. It's just... Because there's... I, I can't remember if you had a Satori or... I don't remember. Because... Because it was one of the more popular ones, and it was like the the real one is awesome. But they made a bunch of uh, like not even Turkish, like Spanish clones of them, and they were just in Russian clones of them, and they were just terrible. Like the block, the lock block doesn't work right, and it's just like. Ooh. But we'll see what it is. You know, when you get the chance, well, to, ship it down to, there. To, to say that it needs to be cleaned up is an understatement. <laughs> We can fix it. That's not a big deal. <laughs> if it closes, we can fix it. Uh, no, but, oh, no, no. It closes because I know it's closed. What I haven't tried is to whether or not I can open it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it comes apart, but it closes fine. <laughs> uh, Ed, to your point, uh, recoil. Obviously, this isn't your your standard going to save my life gun. So there's a lot you can do. Well, I, I would actually just go back to replacing the recoil spring. Oh, that's totally what I'd try first. And, and, th- and then put a threaded barrel on it and put a compensator on the end of it. Yeah, that should... I mean, uh, the 2022, do they all come with... Uh, well, do they come with threaded barrels? No. 
But it's the same barrel as the 226, if I remember correctly. So he could take a, a threaded 226 barrel and put it in there. I was going to say, because I don't think I've seen the 2022. Uh, now, now, the th- now, Ed, before you do that, confirm what I just said. <laughs> but I'm 90% sure you can either take a 226 or maybe... I, I think it's a slightly longer than the 229s. Um, but one of those two barrels should fit. Um, and, and I know they're both available in threaded. Well, I mean, if he's he's got a two two six and a two two nine, he can try and swap the barrels. <laughs> well, I just I, I don't what I don't want to do is have him the thing blow up in his hand and go. He told me I would be able to do it. Jake said. <laughs> I mean, just take it as gospel, man. <laughs> now, if I were home, I could go over to the safe and confirm this for you. Unfortunately, I'm not. Um, uh, so. Yeah, Jake's on the road. This. Uh, this week and it's have bad. I have I mentioned how much I hate New York? <laughs> like ever? I don't, I don't like New York either. It's not <laughs> unless you've got a really damn good reason to go to New York. I don't recommend it. Oh God, no! I mean, I, it's if you've like, got a convention to go to or you're going to see a show on Broadway, that's fine. Go for that, then leave. But if you got to go there for like work. <laughs> <laughs> no. Now have uh, I? I keep looking at this, and and I know we just spent like fifteen minutes crapping on some of the Smith and Wesson stuff. However, have You're you talking seen... about their new little their new the replacements for the shields? I think they're awful. No, it's not even that. It, have you seen the M and P two like metal? Uh, I'm not impressed. Really. No. It's got a compensated barrel. It's metal. I mean, it's not yeah. even plastic. It's metal. It's got a flared magwell. But it's this, other than the fact that it's got a compensated barrel and it's got a flared magwell and the, the fact that the grip happens to be metal instead of plastic, it's still the same friggin' gun. It's still got the same shitty trigger. <laughs> it does have a crap trigger. <laughs> I mean, it's still, you'd have to do a complete trigger job on it. I mean, but come on. I, 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 once again, if, if I'm looking for a. Um, metal striker fired firearm. I have my P320 AXG. I love that sucker. It is my favorite gun. It is my whoopee. <laughs> if you talk about the, when it when it talks about the guns that I take out and rub with a diaper, it's that and my Henry rifle. Uh, I understand completely about the Henry rifle. I do kind of the same similar thing. Let's that is one particular firearm that I won't even let Bona touch. Yeah. Like no, unless no. there is a hog ready to kill us. You don't touch that. <laughs> Put that down. <laughs> yeah, no. I because uh, out here, I mean, that's that's literally what it's oh, for. It's did, for protection. Did you, did you did you see the dumbass trying to shoot the hog video I sent you? Yes. <laughs> what a freaking moron! <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> First of all, you're trying to sneak up on it with a nine millimeter pistol. What are you doing? <laughs> now, now, don't get me wrong. I, I have this theory that if I had one charging me, that I could probably pump enough nine millimeter into it by the time it got to me to, to do it down. But am I going to test this theory out? You no. don't. Like I'm like, oh, 
that's not enough. <laughs> like, looking at that, I'm like, I hope that's a 45 or something bigger well, than what it looks like. Yeah, nope. But, if, but see, as much as I'm, you know, thinking that I could pump enough 9mm into it if it's charging me to get it to drop to, to save my life, is could I do it? Yes. That being said, why would I do that? I want to eat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I don't want to be digging hollow points out from beneath my teeth. Oh my gosh, get a rifle. You know, like, and I'm not sure what the difference is, okay? I, I, But I know that there is a difference between a 44 mag bullet fired out of a 6 or 8 inch tube on a pistol and a 44 mag fired out of a carbine. Oh, you, oh, you, you could still take a hog down with that. If you could oh, take I, a bear down with it. You I know you could do it. All right, I, I, that I'm not even worried about. Uh, but I know there's a difference, right? What I, okay, uh, my own thought process on this one, and I apologize for interrupting you again, um, is if you've got a bear coming at you, it's going to be really hard to miss. Whereas a hog, you know, you're going to need the extra added aim that you get from the rifle. Well, yeah, because you don't want to miss. Uh, let's just be very clear. Um yeah, when the bear stands up and is about to looming over you, unless you point your gun in the wrong direction altogether, you're going to hit the bear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you've got a thing that's about the size of your, that comes up to mid-thigh, maybe, and is just trying to rip your nuts out with its horns, um, you may need a little bit more aim. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, I just had enough time to look this up. So the muzzle velocity on a 44 mag, okay, coming coming out of a pistol, okay, and they use these, and, and Jake is correct, they use these to hunt bear, and, and or defend against bear in Alaska, okay. They'll tell you take a 44 mag with you, okay. Now the muzzle or not the muzzle velocity, uh, the the foot per second. Okay, is eleven eighty generally speaking. So that's that's eleven to twelve hundred foot per second. Uh, with, what is that? A six inch barrel? Out of a six inch tube with a two hundred and forty grain bullet. Okay. Okay. That's 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 a lot of muzzle energy. Okay. I don't know what that comes out to with foot pounds, but it's it's a lot. Okay. Same bullet, two hundred and forty grain bullet, seventeen fifty coming out of a Henry rifle. Now, it's stepping out of there quite a bit quicker. Yeah, but the other thing is, is that you, once again, I'm I, I think you're going to deliver enough energy out of the pistol to take down the boar. Absolutely. The problem is the problem is is the fact that you're is you're not going to have nearly as much control over where that bullet goes for well, two you're... reasons. First of all, it's not coming out of a shorter barrel. Second of all, that thing's got a bitch of a recoil. Well, it's coming out of a shorter barrel. It has a heck of a recoil, which uh, a 44 mag and a carbine has almost no recoil to speak of, because you oh, have okay. no, four no, no, points no, no, of contact no, with the with the for fire the record. Arm. For the record, okay. Now let's let's be clear about this. Has almost no recoil if you hold the firearm correctly. <laughs> well, if you're waving it above your head or something like that, yeah. No, or if you're 300 pounds and have the arms of a T-Rex <laughs> and you'd have to take a few seconds to get it to 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 you know, getting used to where it's supposed to sit. You know, it'll beat the shit out of you if you don't. Well, I guess that's true because I train with shotguns all the time. I mean, that's that's what I use. So a long gun is very, very familiar to me, and a well, rifle is just a small long gun or a small well, shotgun. 
once again, I have used it enough at this point in life to know where it's supposed to sit on me. But when I first got it, it was kind of like, ooh, this hits a little hard. <laughs> See, I, I picked it up, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's a kitten. You know, because, it, it, I mean, when you're used to shooting a 12-gauge pump-action shotgun, full-size 12-action or 12-gauge pump-action shotgun, a 44-mag carbine is nothing. You know, that thing just snuggles up right in there, and you're just like, oh, look at that. There's no recoil to speak of. And it's kind of true if, you know, uh, to your point, if you know how to hold it. But what I'm saying is there is a difference between a 44 mag coming out of a pistol and 44 mag coming out of a carbine. Of course. Um, I've seen both. Uh, a, a friend of ours who owns the ranch next to the one we shoot on, if that makes any sense, uh, rolls around with a Smith & Wesson Anaconda. Um on his hip because of hogs. His brother got uh, gored. He lived, but he got gored by a hog when he was 17. And uh, he doesn't roll around Texas brush and and forest and and wooded areas without... Does he have the 44? Is that the 454? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the 44. Is the 44 the anaconda? I'm I think well, I think you can get them in. I, I'm once again not 100 percent sure I'm accurate. I think you can get them in both, but the 454 is the really big one. Yeah, he has a 44 mag. Okay. Yeah, no, that's what it is. It's a Colt. Uh, I'm sorry, not Smith and Wesson. My bad. Um, that's blasphemy. Some some old guy just lost his freaking mind. Um, well, Colt Anaconda. If I the... understand correctly, though, the 454 you can actually hunt moose with it. <laughs> I don't doubt it. That's a big ass round. I don't. Uh, but see, I can't hold on to. I know me, and I'm I'm kind of a uh, uh, Jerry Mishlick called it a noodler. Um, like I, the the bigger the the bigger the the round and the caliber, the more I'm gonna noodle. Uh, you need to get me down to a nine millimeter or a three eighty before I'm comfortable letting go of it. Um, okay, now I can end all arguments here with. One possible firearm, a forty-five seventy Derringer. That's just gonna break your freaking tibia. <laughs> I, like I like who who holds on to that? Well, if you look at the if you watch the videos online, no one does. No one. Like it's physically impossible. Like, you can't do that. What are you gonna do? Um, yeah, the this guy has a Colt Anaconda. And it's a fantastic firearm. Uh, his is is old. It isn't one of the new ones. Uh, it's it's I guess from the '80s or, or back when they were originally making them. But he's had it in his family for a long time. It's not the um, stainless steel version of it. It's it's blued, uh, but it's it's a it's a big damn pistol. However, uh, there was a time when uh, this was about uh, well, it was during COVID actually, and. A couple of us were out there, and we were doing some stuff trying to uh, clear an area that we knew was uh, hog country. And we had uh, my Henry laying on its case in the back of a pickup truck, and uh, this guy was out there with his anaconda. And uh, the Henry had one chambered, and so did the anaconda. There was a, this was late at night. We were trying to you know clear some stuff and run some fence, and. We we happened upon a uh, or a a I don't know what a 
what a group of hogs is called, but uh, there was a group of hogs that kind of stumbled upon us, and they stopped, and we stopped, and I got I got about three steps to the gun before the uh, the guy next to me grabbed the Henry, put it to his shoulder, and here's the difference, okay? The Colt Anaconda did stop a hog, okay? And it was a big hog, but it, it did stop the hog. The Henry knocked the hog off its feet and back a foot and a half. <laughs> okay, both of them 100% lethal, okay? 100%, neither one of them had an issue killing the hog. The Henry was a bit overkill. It was, it, it, it literally stopped all forward progress and pushed the hog back a foot and a half. That is what I call positive hog control. I would rather have that Henry than any other gun. In the brush, in Texas brush country, I would rather have that Henry than any other gun I could name. That that kind of solved the problem. Once I saw the Henry deal with the situations that we have around here. Now, I've never tried it on bear. I, I've, I've heard they're fine. You know, like a forty four mag's a big damn pistol round. It really is. But... Uh, do you guys uh, get bear down there? No. I mean, they're supposedly they have, like, small black bear in West Texas, but I don't live in West Texas. I, I live in North Central Texas, so, like, um, close to uh, close to Dallas. So I, I'm closer to, like, Arkansas and, and Oklahoma than I am anything else. So, no, we don't. Like, uh, hogs are probably, the, hogs and wolves are probably the, uh, and they're not like timber wolves or, you know, Canadian, you know, wolves or anything like that. They're prairie wolves. So, I mean, we have wolves. We have coyotes. Uh, we have um, boar. Boar is probably the most aggressive animal. Um, if a wolf hears you here, it just, it'll just run away. I mean, they're, they don't really do anything. Surprisingly enough, the animal that you have to deal with the most down where I live and and where uh, the ranch is especially is raccoons and porcupines. Uh, you you need to take care of those. Uh, the raccoons, almost all all of them have rabies <laughs> or carry it, and um, porcupines are just mean. They're just mean to deal with. You don't want to get anywhere near them. That's pretty, and you don't want your dog running up on him either. But oh uh, god, no! It's just a face full of bristles, you know, and it's just absolute misery uh, to help this dog out. By the way, if you're ever in that situation, cut the tips off the uh, uh, spines, and it releases the pressure in them, and you're able to pull the uh, spines out. Otherwise, the barbed tip on the front of them will just rip up your dog's face if you ever try and take them out without cutting the spine. Anyway, it is. Those those are probably the two most common animals is the raccoons, which just get in everything and, and all that, and the porcupines. Uh, step up from that is boar uh, or hogs around here, and wolves, coyotes. Coyotes are just more of a menace than anything else. They just cause trouble. Generally speaking, they'll just run away if they get But if you get like a pack of coyotes, like 8, 10, 12 of them, they have no fear. They fear man nor beast. They don't care. <laughs> well, what, did somebody, I, I think I've heard them described as wolves on crack. Like, uh, you can hear them in the in the field behind our house. There's a giant polo field and, and um, horse 
pastures and stuff like that behind our house. And when they get back there and start like yipping and stuff like that, uh, 10 or 12 of them together sound like something's getting murdered. They're just playing with each other. But it sounds like something's dying horribly. And it's not. It's just a bunch of coyotes having fun. (laughs) But, yeah, that's generally what we have over here. So that's under 100 yards and an animal that the largest thing I'm going to have to deal with is about three to 400 pounds. 44 mag out of a carbine is perfect for that. There's nothing else that I would rather have. Um, now, a lot of guys, uh, m- most of the people around here, if they're not older guys like me that do lever actions, will go the other way and do a 223 or a 556. And that's what they prefer for uh, animal control. But uh, I'm not that guy. Uh, I I really like the reliability of my Henry. Plus, there is not an AR made that is prettier than my Henry. <laughs> oh hell no! <laughs> Personal opinion, but I uh, fight me. Uh, like email me your AR if you think it's prettier than my Henry. We'll have a comparison. More tactical, yes. Perhaps more useful in certain situations. I'll give you that too. Prettier? Don't think so. Uh, what do you? Do you even have a gun for... I mean, do you even have a situation where you have to do animal control in Delaware? <laughs> I mean, yes. does that even exist? It's, it's, no, it's, I was going to say, it's called downtown and the animal is human. <laughs> it's human. <laughs> you say, you don't even have this problem. Like, this isn't a thing for you. Uh, uh, do do we have what I would refer to as rural areas? Y- yes. Are you? Would you probably look at them and go, "There's civilization within a, within uh, ten miles, so this does not count." Y- yes. <laughs> um, it, it, the there's really nothing as far as wild animals in this neck of the woods. Um, we we might get some snakes, but they're rarely going to be poisonous. Um, yeah, snakes, we do have poisonous snakes. We have three types of poisonous snakes in Texas, um, especially in my area. And uh, you just get a 410 for that, or a 20 gauge uh, with number six snake shot. Uh, I guess it's within the realm of possibility that you might get some wild dogs in certain places. Um, it's, once again, a coyote is, once again, within the realm of human possibility, yet incredibly unlikely. Usually the types of animals we get are the nuisance types. Um, as you said before, raccoons, possums. Um, there's a lot of groundhog around here, but they're they're rarely nuisance. Well, you can uh, do with a, a groundhog with a 17 or a 22 or something like that. I mean, yeah, that's not a big I, deal. I think I think the most thing I've ever dealt with as far as animals is uh, there was a period of time in which the entire neighborhood was infested with feral cats. <laughs> You're like these freaking cats. Oh, no, you used to be able to look out my back back door and just see cats on everybody's decks as far as the eye could see. My father's favorite pastime was hitting cats with a BB gun. <laughs> he he would do that like from the time he was like twelve to, <laughs> to just tell, a couple of years ago. Don't don't tell beef. Yeah, exactly. Don't tell beef. Uh, but yeah, here here in Texas, like if you're dealing with a bigger varmint. You know, like an animal, uh, it's, you know, the, the lever actions are probably king. If you're dealing with snakes, it's almost always a 410 or a 20, uh, whatever somebody has to hand, and there's actually, number six snake club. If I actually had it in me to take out a something, an animal in my yard with a firearm, it would probably be a 22. 
Mm-hmm. Well, popular choice. I mean, 22. If you listen to my father, every animal in North America has been taken with a yeah, 22. Yeah, but, but I'm sitting here thinking about it. I don't think there's anything big enough. I mean, I mean, there are areas in which you could go hunting for deer and stuff like that. But in, in my neck of the woods, I don't think there's anything big enough that would that you would have to get rid of for either nuisance or safety or whatever that you can't take out with a 22 quite easily. Yeah, I, I mean... Uh... I, and that's fantastic. I, it's it, and I don't hunt, as you know. It's just it's not that I don't believe in. It. It's just a lot of work. I always say that because you know there's going to be some clip somewhere where somebody's like, "Sean's anti-hunting." No, I'm not. I'm just lazy. But uh, <laughs> well, hunting's a lot of work. I mean, you got to understand uh, the I, animal. I, I, like, and, I like the fruits of hunting. I don't like the getting up and oh my god, walk in the morning, going out in the cold, and just sitting there as you and as you said before to take. One shot, right? Holy crap, that's a lot of effort. <laughs> and then you gotta clean, you gotta find it and clean it, and then you gotta tag, you know, make sure you got your tags all stuff and your paperwork's all good. I'll just go to Burger King afterwards, like, like I'll shoot and then go get a sandwich. I mean, that's <laughs> I, I love Western civilization and that we have supermarkets. Okay, I I'm like call me less of a dude if you would like. I hunting is a lot of freaking work and done responsibly. It is exhausting. Oh no no! If my wife's uncle is giving away free venison, I'm in. Oh hell yeah! I'm totally down for any free meat anywhere. It does like I'm good. I just. Like, I have no problem that you harvested the animal. I just don't want to do it because I'm lazy. However, so the big hunting stuff, like, I don't have a hunting rifle. I don't really need that. Um, I, I sometimes have to go for work, but that's it. Uh, but, you know, the two types of nuisance stuff we have, like, you can be out in the country here in Texas and be in danger. Uh, that's That's a problem. Uh, you you may need something like in Alaska. You know, I, I'm not comparing Texas to Alaska, by the way. But like in Alaska, you I mean, may die. Of, <laughs> okay, no pun intended. They're polar opposites. <laughs> exactly. Um, but like you can be out in the brush here, or out in the in the prairie, or out in the hills, or whatever, or the forest, the wood, whatever, and be in in mortal peril. And not be prepared for that, and that's a bad idea. <laughs> Let me face the peril. No, it's too perilous for you. <laughs> Damn it! All that's all I'm going to be able to think about now. Uh, but I mean, you you can get yourself okay, killed I'm, here. I'm going to interject something that is completely besides the point. That just made me think of it as we were as we were uh, as I was quoting Monty Python. Did you see that they're actually finally making a sequel to History of the World? I saw it and I saw the trailer and I went, "Oh my god, that somebody must have just thrown so much money at him." Cuz it's can you can you imagine a Mel Brooks movie, a full-on Mel Brooks movie coming out in 2023? Well, no, it's going to be a TV show. I still in 2023 he's going to get eaten alive. Yeah, the liberals probably, are going to beat him to death with skateboards. Of course they are, but he's so old, he doesn't care. I, I wonder what kind of dump trucks full of cash they had to back up to his house to 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 convince him to do this movie or this this series. I I really do. I'm I'm shocked he <laughs> I just would do want to this. see whether or not they actually do Jews in space. Oh my God. It's just it's gonna be. They already did. It's called Spaceballs. It's fine. 
Okay, correct. I see our Schwartz is as big as mine. Come on! They're using (laughs) Yiddish slang words. Uh, It's it's Mel Brooks. What do you expect? Exactly. We're all going to go home and get fish snickered. It's fantastic. You know, know, okay, I I have to say, there are two scenes in Mel Brooks' history that I think are, that, that I will never forget. Okay, the first one is from History of the World, which is, Senators, oh, Senators, what do you think we should do? Do you think we should build um, palace, more and more and more palaces for the rich or undercost housing for the poor? How do you vote, Senators? Fuck the poor. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> and the other piece that I thought was just absolute genius was from Spaceballs. It's, where does this happen in the movie? We're at now, sir. Everything that's happening now is happening now. What happened then? You just when? missed it. <laughs> when? Just now. When will then be now? Right soon. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, What do you do? Oh, you're a bullshitter. Did you try and bullshit today? <laughs> Did you bullshit today? Did you try and bullshit today? That's fantastic. <laughs> Ma'am, you made some very big decisions. <laughs> I mean, you can't do a Mel Brooks movie today. <laughs> or, or, or watch this. <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't know how you're going to get a, a Mel Brooks vehicle off the ground in 2023. The liberals will, their, their brains will melt. Are you kidding me? They can't handle how Blazing Saddles is making a comeback. With who? That's my question. I have no clue. All I know is I keep waiting for them to bring out the guy. Hey, where the white women at? (laughs) He'll do it. He's crazy. Uh, You know, excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) They're simple, salt of the earth people. You know, morons, morons. I I can't like I wish I wish that was something we could do for cheesy 80s movie review. I really do, but it's a it's it's way above Kayla's head. Two, it's not in the 80s and three I I I don't know how people would react. I I don't think people like like Spaceballs, especially Spaceballs what I it wasn't in the 80s. I think that actually may even be on our list. Well, it, sh- it if it isn't it damn well should be. Spaceballs was was done. Welcome to Movie Talk on Guns Podcast. Uh, That was... Oh, my God. They're showing Uh, it in the theater near me. In the Coyote Drive-In in in Fort Worth, there's a 7.30 showing in 15 minutes of Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Yeah, it's 1987. (laughs) Grab Kayla and run for it. We'll change up up the order. (laughs) Uh, John Candy, Bill Pullman. I... I mean, Rick Moranis, Mel Brooks. I, I mean, I I don't really know how you get much better than that. And wasn't um, God, who played the maid, the robot maid? Um, Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. Yeah. Holy crap! That was so good. Uh, but I. <sighs> 
I don't know. I, I don't sorry, think I, I took us off track again. Well, yeah, it's it's okay because now I can't think of anything like you like. How are millennials and and the Zoomers and and all that like Gen X is is pretty apathetic, right? Like when it comes to firearms, Gen X is like, screw you, don't take my guns. You can't have my guns. If you want them, you can get them one bullet at a time, and then you can take them over my dead body, right? The, uh, hey, I, I still like the. Uh... What's your political affiliation? I think my gay friend should be able to protect the marijuana form with firearms. Right. This is this is a fantastic view of most Gen Xers, right? Like, we just don't care. Just leave us alone, right? You know, everybody wanting Gen X to, to, to rise up and save us from ourselves, and Gen X just goes, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, I, don't, no, that's I don't think you understand how we work, homie. Uh you know, and, and of course, in another 10 years, like, half the boomers will be gone. So that's going to leave us, the millennials, and Gen Z. Which, I don't know if you've seen the millennials and Gen Z work together, but it's sort of like putting gas on a fire. It's just really <laughs> not a good idea. Have you ever seen... You ever seen those 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 things where they they have the the fire and then they have it a tornado fan and the tornado just makes this burning tornado inferno of death? That's what's going to happen when you mix the millennials and Gen Z. It is going to be so bad, uh, like it'll be, it'll be unrecognizable because facts don't matter, right? It's like your personal opinion is facts. It's not, even, it's not even personal opinion. It's how do you feel? Right. How do you mix this with concrete things that exist in the real world like firearms? I I, I have trouble. <laughs> well, guns shouldn't exist. Yeah, but they, they do. And you live in the country with the most of them. So what, what are you going to do? Like, you can't disarm all the Americans. It won't work, okay? You're going to disarm some people, and everyone else is going to keep their stuff, and there's still going to be lots of... You realize how many people die of guns is way less than, like, butter knives? Like, well, more people it, die of bucket deaths, bucket-related injuries, than firearms. <laughs> That's not even a made-up statistic. Go look it up. People, <laughs> Ice-T said it perfectly. I'll give up mine when everyone else gives up theirs. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I have trouble. Like, I, I don't know how this is, which is why I'm trying to teach my daughters. I am teaching my daughters. Um, both of them have a 22 pistol and a 22 rifle that will be theirs when they leave the house. Um, hopefully they want some bigger caliber stuff. Kayla is already eyeing my Mossberg 500 and 410. <laughs> he's like i think i can shoot that and rack it dad i'm like if you can shoot it and rack it i'll give it to you and uh we're testing that out this spring <laughs> like look if you want a shotgun daddy will provide <laughs> all right don't you worry about nothing you can have whatever you want that i can afford baby girl don't you worry about nothing you want a shotgun dad will make sure you have one uh so I like I'm trying to get there and, and get there right. Like she didn't like the yield is, uh, I uh, she she likes my my Mossberg 500 because it's easy to rack and stuff like that. She doesn't and she she doesn't like automatics because the the shells fly out without her asking to. She doesn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, not. I a, didn't ask you to do that. 
Right. She she really they 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 mess with her head. So she wants to be able to like her perfect gun is a revolver and a bolt action, right? Because they she chooses when the shells At go. At least out. it's a bolt action. She's not asking you for a lever. <laughs> exactly. Oh God, how expensive that'd be. <laughs> yeah, she loves her bolt action. Uh, Bona Dad, gave her I've his Springfield. Wanted a Henry rifle. You can save up and buy your own, baby girl. I had to steal this one from Jake. <laughs> It's the only reason I have one, okay? He felt he needed a side gate to be more masculine. I don't have that problem. <laughs> but as I can't even argue with that explanation of the whole thing. <laughs> that's, that's literally why I have this firearm, baby, because Jake felt emasculated. He didn't have a side gate. Okay. Like, your dad has never made you feel emasculated by your firearm before. Oh, he hate he loves when I shoot three eighties because he's like, oh, you brought the girl gun. <laughs> like, where is my HK? I'll <laughs> oh, shut up now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Why don't you put that in the truck? Uh, oh yeah, he hasn't given that back. By the way, he's yeah, had yeah. it for like four months. <laughs> He keeps finding excuses not to bring it back. You, you, you do realize you can kind of start using some life issues right now for to guilt him. I could, you but it's actually it, it, more it's fun so... to hold it over his head. Because <laughs> I can make okay, him do, do all you, kinds of crap. Do you, want to hold it, do you want to hold it over his head, or do you want your gun back? Well, I, right now I can get him to do lots of stuff, like buy shells and clays and stuff like that, in, in lieu of bringing my gun back. Because cause I'm like, are you going to bring my gun back? How about I buy the clays for this time? <laughs> this time around, I'll just the clays are on me. Okay, okay. Bona, are you going to bring my gun back? Hey, I just got a brick of shells. I'll give you half. Here, just, we'll shoot some stuff. Don't worry about it. We'll 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 do we'll do pistols <laughs> next time. Don't. It's all good. Boy, are you going to bring the gun back? Hey, you know what? I was going to go to the gun show. I, let me pay your way in. So it's actually been kind of nice because uh, gun rental apparently is what I'm doing with the HK. I don't think he has an intention of giving it back. I really don't. He's going to wind up paying for it. Well, okay. If that's it, so at least make sure you extract more than what I sold it to you for. Oh, God, yeah. Because it's definitely worth more. Uh, it is just... And for those of you who who are new uh, to our uh, our podcast here, uh, I guess what was it about six months ago, Jake? Something like that, yeah. Uh, six months ago, we did kind <laughs> I ended of up with two. What's that? I ended up with two. Yes, uh, Jake wound up with two HKs. Now Jake has a bit of a history with H and K pistols. <laughs> Uh, we will we'll just gracefully say it that way for sake of his his most, uh, most of it's idiotic. <laughs> I I don't know if it's idiotic, but uh, I will say that uh, Jake has a bit of a a soft spot for HK pistols, and and well he should they're they're fantastic firearms, but he had a P30 SK, and then he went and got the P30. Which meant he had two P30s, and he didn't really need both, 
and he probably kind of overextended a little bit, as all gun enthusiasts tend to do. He he kind of reduced his liquidity. So what? Uh, that's the way we politely say he spent more than his wife knew about. <laughs> and, and to fix that in a hurry, uh, we did a swap, and I think I sent you some cash for it as well. No, it was even up. It was even up, yeah. So he was graceful enough to to even up swap a Beretta for the P30SK, which he uh, sent my way. It was here for, I don't know, three weeks, a month, maybe, maybe, (laughs) before my father stopped by on his way to the range to borrow it just to make sure that it was shooting well and I was taking care of it and all that kind of stuff. Basically, he wanted to shoot it. (laughs) Had to make sure you're caring for it properly. Exactly. And, uh, like, I don't clean all his guns and do all his gunsmithing for him. But other than that, it was fine. It, it, of course, it has never had anything done w- except clean it. I mean, it's it's absolutely in flawless condition as Jake takes care of all his guns. And, and instead of stopping by my house on the way back to the range to drop it back off, he just went home. So... <laughs> That was the last time I saw. I think it was back in April when that thing, or April or May. Yeah, April or May when that came down here, and uh, it's been at his house since July, all right, of of 2022. So, or maybe June. No, it was June because it was before it got hot, Uh, really hot. So uh, yeah, Um, that happened. I uh, haven't seen it since. I've seen pictures of it. Uh, I've seen it in, in his hands at the range when my mom's like, yeah, he said he'd, he'd, it's doing fine. The SK is doing fine. It's doing great. Uh, <laughs> thanks, I guess, <laughs> I think. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's it kind of works out like that. Uh, gun families are weird. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you could put it that way. Uh, we just we we have different priorities and stuff. You know, I still haven't got. Uh, speaking of new guns, and I know we got to go here, but uh, speaking of new guns, I still haven't got my Heritage Rough Rider Cowboy Tactical. Actually, ne- neither have I. It's actually the last thing that I had put on layaway, and I had to let it go. I did something very similar. I I had put it on layaway, and they 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 said they were gonna you know they had ordered one and it was coming and all that kind of stuff, and then. Um, I had some other things happen and, you know, other, other stuff and everything. And I just let it go and I still don't have one. <laughs> that was January of 2022 or February of 2022. Yeah. Mine, mine actually went in, um, shit. Uh, somewhere right around May or June of 2022, because, they called me up and finally went, if you want it, you do actually have to come and get it. And my response was, I was looking, I was at the same time as I was looking at that email, I also had the invoice to my kid's school in my hand. <laughs> and you're like, I can't get this now. No. I have at the minimum another year before I can purchase another firearm. Wow. Well, now, I, thankfully, I am really, really, really happy with the collection I have at the moment, and there's nothing so far 
that is making me go, oh shit, I have to have that. I will say that I do go back to the store's website. The couple of places that I shop online, I do go back to from time to time. I'm looking, waiting just to see if something's going to go, ooh. And it hasn't happened yet. You know, now, I, I, I'm wondering whether or not Shotcha will do that to me. But once again, it hasn't happened yet. Uh, well, I, I, uh, I, I'm not sure whether Shot Show is going to come through for me on that stuff because a lot of Shot Show normally focuses around pistols and rifle technology. Shotguns are kind of the redheaded stepchild of the the firearm world. Well, the, the, the last time that there was really anything really special about shotguns at Shot Show was, in fact, the the one that we already spoke about, which was the JM. Uh, uh, yeah, the JM Pro, nine forty JM Pro. Yeah. Um, that's the last time there's really anything interesting. I, Which I was uh, earth-shaking for the three-gun competition guys. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I think the, the only thing that that keeps popping up in the back of my head, I think I would really like to go back to having something deep concealment, whether it's an ankle gun or a pocket gun, um, which I just don't have at the moment. See, I have the Spectrum, so I'm, I'm covered if I really want it. Yeah, so, and that's, that's the only thing out of my collection that I'm missing, but I still haven't seen anything that's made me go... Ooh, I want one of those. <laughs> See, I reverted to type. I just started collecting um, old pump-action shotguns that I can refurbish, and I've been doing that for, like, the last year. Uh, you know, I've got the Remington 10 from 1913. I've got the Ithaca 37. I've got, you know, I've got a couple. And I just finished an 870 build that turned out gorgeous. Uh, so I, I I'm kind of like, uh, I don't really need now, anything. Now, I, I may start coveting a double-stack 9mm 1911 after John Wick comes out. <laughs> oh, see, that's evil, though. Every time John Wick comes out, I wind up buying some kind of pistol that I don't need. Uh, <laughs> bad. I mean, just as bad. Uh, I almost I almost put the cash down on a Terran Tactical... Nine uh, millimeter. Uh, when John Wick two came out, I think it was two. Uh, two was the, the the first time he had the Terran tactical. Yeah, because that, that that's what the um, uh, the, the Somalier gave him. Yeah, and I went. Now they had a whole bunch of Terran tactical stuff that they basically jumped up with the um, uh, red dot sights and stuff of that nature mm-hmm. on the Trigicons when. Um, John Wick 3 came out, but it wasn't quite as married to that because then he went into the Wilson Combat Master at the end. Yeah, and, and you know, it depends on who <laughs> who they get the best deal from. But, uh, yeah, I almost had one of those from John Wick, but every time John Wick comes out, I'm just like... Mm. And I can honestly credit John Wick, uh, the original John Wick, with the idea of... The Beretta Cheetah, because if you watch, there were several Beretta Cheetahs running around in mm-hmm. uh, John Wick One, and I was like, God, I like that. That looks like a hey, it looks hey. like a Beretta M9, but it's not. You know? Hey, though it's a smaller version of it, you actually have his main handgun. Yes, I do. Which was well, I'll rephrase. Buana has his main handgun. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> If you want to look at possession being nine-tenths of the law, that's that is 100% true. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, 
Yeah, he does. You know, like if I want to get a 9mm out, I got my choice. I got a Taurus G3Z or a Glock 19 um, at hand. <laughs> if I want to drive oh, oh, to Crum, to Texas, I can go get my damn SK. All, all I have to say is that being the nicest pistol in a long time, if, if you don't at least extract something worthwhile out of that man if he keeps it. Oh, I, I, it's you know it's it's hard to take one away from your dad when he likes it so much and he's been. I'm not with saying it. you should take away from him. I'm saying you should extract something of equal value from him. Yeah, he doesn't have anything I want really. <laughs> well, that's what that's, that's what you just have to wait for. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, you know, you got that. You could bring that over. Yeah, I could totally do that. I. Uh, well. Yeah, and, you know, see, and you could also start testing him. You know, would he let go of his Henry 410 for it? Oh, I love that gun. Oh, I love that gun. Then I'd have two Henrys. That'd be good. Uh, I know. See, see, once again, that's what I'm saying. Just as long as you're extracting something of similar value. I do like his Henry. You know, that might be an interesting lever, you know, fulcrum we could start pushing on. That's a way to go, Jake. That's not bad. Because if nothing else, either one of two things happen. Either he starts to break a little bit, and it's kind of like, oh, I may end up with another Henry. Or, at the very least, he goes, oh, okay, never mind, you can have it back. Here, have it. Uh, come get it. <laughs> oh, that's why I like talking with you. You're full of good ideas, sir. All right. <laughs> No, I just, I just have no. Uh, I'm just not nice enough to treat family any different than anybody else. <laughs> oh no, he's he's a well. That's that's my clay shooting buddy. Who's going to push the button if I don't bring him with me? You know, like <laughs> I didn't say you shouldn't bring him with you. I'm just saying once again, I'm not that nice to family. <laughs> right on. You got anything else, sir? I do not. All right, you guys have an excellent shot show. Uh, watch for some of the coverage coming out. We're going to be doing some as well, uh, at least uh, when we see all the stuff that comes out of there. Uh, it is going to be quite an interesting ride from what we understand. It's the first time everybody's kind of got back in full production. So we'll see what happens there. And you guys have some great shooting, and we will see you next time. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, check us out at hawkseyeguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.